0: Hey everyone. Welcome to another episode of the night and runs podcast. This is coach Chris, and I'm joined today by my friend and fellow running coach, Jane Springston. Jane is a running coach based out of the Denver, Colorado area. She has a YouTube channel, which you can find at running with Jane and coaches through her website at readysetmarathon.com. She has a really inspiring story of her own running that I'm excited to dig into a little bit more today. She started off as a five hour marathoner and over years of training and focus brought that all the way down to qualifying for the Boston marathon. Today, we're actually going to be talking about training for your first marathon and getting into some special considerations you may want to take depending on things like your experience level your expected finish time, and perhaps your age as well. Today's episode of the Night and Runs podcast is brought to you by the Night and Runs training group on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash night and runs, you can get access to training plans that I've created that's based on the content we're going to talk about on today's show. Whether you're training for your first marathon, just getting into road running, or you've been running seriously for years and just want to take a new approach, I'm confident that you're going to find things inside the Night and Run training group that's going to make this year the best year of your running yet. I want to give a shout out to Bill and Willie, who joined the training group within the past week. Inside the group, not only will you be able to download the training plans, but you'll be able to connect with my community as well, and get your questions answered from all of us within it. Uh, I'll even help you out with any questions you might have within the group as well as you go about your training. So patreon.com slash night and runs. Check it out. I also want to give a quick shout out to the night and lions who've had tremendous success within the past couple of weeks in their early spring races. This past Sunday was the Super Sunday 5K in 5-Miler in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and we had about 15 athletes from the New England area compete there. A lot of personal bests and fantastic races. I want to give a shout-out to Jackie and Josh, who both set a PR, Alex and Kelly, they did it as well. I want to give a big shout-out to Ashley, who's been working really, really hard to get ready for this race. And, and she shocked me with running a PR too. I, I think she probably shocked herself. Uh, really proud of you, Ashley. Dennis got a course PR. John got a PR. Doug got a PR. Uh, and then we had a bunch of other athletes run really great races as well. Um, Brandon broke 20 for the first time in a long time in the 5k. It's a huge leap forward for him. I'm really proud of him. Um, some of our newer athletes on the team, Uh, Michael and Jared, you both ran really great races as well. Teresa, Kelly, Bryce, y'all ran awesome races. And then uh, not all my athletes are in New England. I got athletes all over the country as well. So I want to give a shout out to Katie, who's one of the newest members of the team as well. She lives in Pennsylvania and she also ran a 5K, her first race as a lion uh, this past weekend, and she came in fourth overall woman, which was pretty cool, and took home a nice trophy. So, congratulations, Katie! She's training for the Boston Marathon along with many members of the Night and Lions and those in the training group. And it looks like everyone's training is off to a great start. So, keep it up! So, without further ado, welcome Jane to the show. I'm happy to have you here.
1: Hi, Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm excited to chat a little bit today.
0: Yeah, me too. So I think to get started, it would be great if you could just share with the audience a little bit more about yourself, your background, and the type of people who you help.
1: Yeah, awesome. So I have been just, you know, a little bit about my running background in general. I've been running for over 20 years, really just something I got into recreationally, just to stay fit in my college years. And my dad wanted to do some races together. Um, So that's kind of where that got started from played just a lot of group sports growing up so wasn't a runner per se but um was running a lot doing soccer things like that and um yeah i just really i think wasn't super consistent in my 20s more than anything and i like a lot of people decided to do a marathon mid 20s just more as a bucket list thing than than anything else in fact i think i skipped right over the half marathon just to do do a marathon and Finished that in four hours and fifty nine minutes, so right at that five hour mark. And I remember being ecstatic about getting under five hours, but also really frustrated just because it really wasn't the potential that I thought that I had any. But looking back now, I just I wasn't training appropriately. I did not know what I was doing. Um, Didn't really have a good guide or coach or anything, and just more of let's just finish this. And then run another one two years later. I took ten minutes off, so four forty nine. Still same thing, like just not super consistent. And I had, it was, a, they were both a pretty bad experience. I didn't enjoy them. Um, I had to walk a lot the last after we hit the wall and took a lot of time off from the marathon just decided I'm, I'm not, a, I must not be a marathoner. This isn't for me. And went back to charter races, started a family, you know, running really wasn't the focus. And then after I had my third baby, I I don't know, just I think um priorities changed, my outlook on life changed and just just such a wanted to be a healthier version of myself, which is so funny because I had so much time in my 20s, you know, and took it for granted, quite honestly. And I after having kids, it was like, I want to make every minute count and I wanna show myself what I can do, and I'm not just a mom, you know. Um then I can do hard things and so yeah that's really when my mind completely shifted to let's actually figure out how you are supposed to train for a marathon because my 5k time says I can do this let's see if I can do that so um yeah that's just me in a nutshell and then in terms of my running and I started coaching um, it's just just been about two years actually since I got my certification and actually started coaching runners and a lot of that stemmed from the fact of like it should not have taken me this long <laughs> to, you know get as get where I am in the marathon. Um, and I would like to help people get there a lot sooner because um, I think a lot of people do things wrong for a long time because they just don't know. And so that's what, what I'm here for to help people.
0: Love your story and how you said when you ran your first marathon, you just squeaked under the five hour mark. Can I ask what were your expectations going into that first marathon?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said a little bit about like, it it was a bucket list thing I wanted to finish, but then I... I don't know that I, I don't remember. I mean, it was so long ago, Chris, I, this was when I was 25 years old and I'm 42 now. So it was a very long time ago, but, um, at, it wasn't so much a time thing as opposed to when I, there was so much uncomfortable walking, not just walking. Like if, if, if you have a plan to walk in a marathon, like do a run walk situation, that is a completely different thing To I want to run this entire marathon, getting to 20 miles and feeling terrible. Right. And, and having to walk, this is just two different things. And, um, it just, I didn't, I I was so happy, right. To say I finished a marathon and, and you, I hear a lot, like, And I take this in a different perspective, I think from the coaching side, but listening to podcasts, it's like, oh, well, you should, you know, just finishing the marathon is great in and of itself. And it is like, I am always like every marathon finish should be a celebration. Like it is such an amazing feat and you don't know until you do it. You have no idea. And so I think in, in that regard, I was so happy that I did it to say, wow, like, I was able to do 26.2 miles. And I think that's a lot of people's perspective, but I'm also just a really competitive person by nature. And I I felt like I could have done better. I knew my training wasn't up to snuff, honestly. and But I I honestly just didn't know what I needed to do better. And so that's why the next performance wasn't really that much better. Um, I was also someone that was like, we, I, I can get by with three days a week of training. Like as long as I do the long run, like that's all that matters, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know if that exactly answered your question, but I don't know what my expectations were other than, uh, I didn't feel like it was, I, I necessarily met, met what I could do. So I knew there was more, I guess.
0: Yeah. I, I, I love that. I think that There's a huge, there's such a huge difference between events like the 5K and half marathon, which which are distance running events, and then jumping all the way up to the marathon. And I think you said you pretty much went straight to the marathon. You you had also mentioned that your your 5K time, you know, projected that maybe you could run a certain marathon time, but you weren't able to do that right away. And that's something that I actually see all the time Mm -hmm. most people are better at the shorter events at least initially than they are at the marathon so when you started putting a bit more focus into your run training and you started to see your times come down what were like the new elements that were adding into you were adding into your training that really made that difference that you weren't doing before
1: yeah so consistency over time. Um, I, I did not just jump into the marathon when I, and I mean, I was running through that entire time, like off and on, you know, being pregnant and having babies, obviously there was good amounts of time off, but I made running much more of a lifestyle before I jumped back into doing marathons again. And I, ran half marathons. I mean, I, I ran a lot more shorter races, honestly, before I ever went back to it. So I think just consistency through the years before even training made a huge difference. Um, when, so I'm going to get this wrong. I feel like the years all run together, but I think so 2017. So I had my last daughter, last baby, 2016. Then 2017, my husband and I decided to run a marathon together, which was really cool experience. And we both were very much like, let's, let's do this right. Cause he kind of had a marathon experience that wasn't that great, either a finish, not happy with this time, yada, yada. Um, and there was just a lot more research involved honestly into like finding an actually good training plan researching how to to go about doing those runs uh as opposed to just like doing them hard all the time that that was a big component actually i was very much one of those people that was like well if you're going to go out and work out and run like you better put in your hardest possible effort otherwise you're not getting any sort of benefit like that's that's what i thought and um, I was listening to podcasts a lot of the time. Running rogue, um, um Chris McClung, like that podcast changed me. And, um yeah, I learned so much from him. Just like the the slow running, right? I needed to hear it over and over and over again to finally get it through. So consistency lots more slow running i definitely was probably still only doing like 50/50 certainly not 80/20 but it was better than what i was doing that's for sure and running 5 days a week like i think i was taking 2 days off a week at that time for that particular training cycle um and that time was a 3:48 so i went from yeah 4:59 4:49 took 10 years off and got a 348. And it really, yeah, kind of came down to those three things. It wasn't any massive change or anything, just more focus, more consistency.
0: So you said that initially, when you're trying to run a marathon, you're trying to do it off of maybe only like three days a week. And yep. going up to five days a week, ten, even 10 years later, you were able to see a ton of improvement. Yeah, I think for the marathon specifically, if you want to run to your potential in that event, it really needs to become a lifestyle. Yeah. And marathons are very, very fashionable. It's kind of the glory adult for the glory event for adult distance running right now. And there's plenty of people who can bucket list it on three days a week. Yep. Um, I'm sure you've coached some people like that. I definitely coach some people like that. But The people who I know that personally, I love to work with, and and I'd love to hear more about who you tend to help. It's those people who want to make running a big part of their lifestyle. I often think that if you want to become really the best runner you can be, um, and you want to take it seriously, like the people who I like to work with, kind of their most important things, it's like their family, their career, and running. Like Those are your three priorities if you have, have too many other all priorities, the time. Yep. right?
1: Too <laughs> yeah. many
0: other priorities that one of them needs to drop. Um yeah. I just had a kid, my first kid, and yeah. it's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. I she's seven you, <laughs> She's 7 weeks old and I'm so happy and it's so cool to hear how years after you had kids, you know, you came back to running full force and we're so successful with it. Um I'm right now just since i just had a kid i'm actually running a little bit less and i'm using that opportunity of being able to run a little bit less to actually i'm not going to be doing a marathon this year because i know i don't have my full heart and soul to give to it so i'm focusing on the shorter events i'm doing a bunch of 5k's distances like that because i know i can still run and do pretty well and i can actually run with a bit more intensity and maintain my fitness more than mm-hmm. i could if i was trying to do a marathon. Yeah. Um but going back to the marathon itself, if if that is your focus event, I really really think if you want to do your best, you really have to give it as much as much as you can, and it takes time to build up to that. Um you know, someone who's running 3 days a week right now, you might not want to jump up to 5 days next week. Maybe you can if you're willing to be patient with it and run short distances and go slow, but you want to build up gradually. But when it comes to the type of people who you coach, the people who are attracted to working with you, who have you found like that tends to be, who have you worked with the most and how have you Jane kind of shared the successes that you've experienced over the years with your athletes?
1: Yeah. So I, I think the people that come to me the most are Definitely like what you said, these people are ready to make it a lifestyle. And some of them, some of them already have been, um, and want to take it to the next level, or maybe they haven't run a marathon yet. And that's something they have their eyes on. Um, I've also had people come to me that are very new runners, but, and they're just the most inspiring individuals because it's like, They've had some sort, I've actually have a handful of these. They've had some sort of event in their life that's really made them reevaluate life. Um, I've used this quote like several times. um it's um you're only you've only you're given two lives and the second one begins when you realize you only have one. Hopefully I said that right. Um, did that sound, did that come out right? Everyone's born I with two it. lives and your second one begins when you realize you only have one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like these people, they've they have had these situations where they've literally hit rock bottom or just health-wise, they had a wake-up call, um, they very overweight. And then they were told by their doctor, if you don't do this, like, and, and they're not coming to me in these moments, like they've all, this has happened in the past, but this is just part of their journey. And I think them going through that situation of hitting rock bottom and doing something really hard and getting their health back. This is like all part of that. The next step is, is now I want to do a marathon. And a lot of these people are like, and they want to qualify for Boston someday. And the coolest thing about these people is that it's not, they don't come to me and say, I want to qualify for Boston, this training cycle right now on my first marathon. They know this is something that they're going to have to put work into over, maybe it's a three-year plan. Maybe it's a five-year plan. Maybe it's more. They just know that they're willing to put in the work to get there eventually. Like they'll do whatever it takes. And It's, I I love working with people like that because it's really, really hard when someone comes to you and you've got to kind of have a conversation with them when they say they want to qualify for Boston right now, and you don't ever want to be that coach that's like squashing someone's dreams, right? Um, But you also have to be, excuse me, you also have to be realistic and talk to them about, you know, adaptations take time. Like this doesn't happen. Overnight or in one training cycle. And going back to Chris McClung from Running Rogue again, I was listening to this podcast where it's like you can make aerobic gains for like 20 years or something, he said, um, which was just mind-blowing. So um, yeah, I, a lot of the people that come to me are like that. Um and yeah, I would say in general, that's that's most of the people. And and if they're not quite there of Having this eyes on their longevity in the sport, that's my goal. Trying to get them to where they understand that what happens in this training cycle this year, this isn't it. Like this is you've got plenty of time in your life to, you know, make these these gains you want to make, get to where you want to be. We don't we don't have to do it all right this second.
0: Yeah, the concept of training age, I think, is really great. So like you were saying, Chris McClung and Running Rogue talks about aerobic gains being built up uh, um, over up to like 20 years, right? So if you think back to when did you first start running kind of seriously? For me, that was, I would say, 2016 that I started taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. So my training age is 2022 now. I'd be six years old. Yeah. I think that I easily have at least another five and probably more years where I could continue to see improvement um, by continuing to train. Yeah. Um, I'm, in my so mid- <laughs> I'm in my mid I'm in my mid thirties now. Um, so now I'm starting to question. Okay, now I am I butting up against uh, time, and as I get closer to forty, will I continue to improve, uh, or will I not? But there's so many inspirational masters runners out there as well that you know who kick my butt at races all the time, where I know what's possible. So, so it's exciting. I want to pivot this conversation a little bit to talking about kind of specific considerations that you might want to take as the listener while training for a marathon, or maybe if a marathon is going to be a goal for you one or two or three years down the road, depending on who you are. You know, how should your approach be differently, be different? So, you know, there's many different ways we can take this, but I think first, let's start with the type of athlete that you were just talking about, Jane. So someone who comes to you and maybe they're a brand new runner and they have a long-term goal of running a fast marathon. Let's say qualifying for Boston. A lot of my athletes are interested in that as well. What would the first, let's say, year of training with you look like? What would you want them to do if their training age is zero, they're brand new? What would that first year look like if you had total control?
1: Okay, if I had total control. Um, Actually, I I would say, honestly, I've had someone like this, so I, I can kind of almost speak to what we've been doing. So I had a runner come to me in... January he had literally just started running in December um he was very clearly much someone though who he sets a goal he he meets it like this is not if he's hiring a coach as a new runner like and he's telling me this basically like he's serious like this is he wants to do it right from the very beginning and it matters to him and he was very much about just, you know, telling me like, Hey, you're the expert. I'm going to do what you tell me to do because I don't know what I'm doing. And it's almost like very refreshing because you also have these runners who come to you who do know a lot. Right. And, and sometimes they do know a little bit more than you about a certain something and that's totally fine. Um, but that's, that's a different, you know, different thing and clean slates like, okay, well let's, let's do this exactly how you know, I know we should focus on this. And I think in the very beginning too, even in January, he was maybe still implementing some walking at that time, like a run walk situation. So, I mean, if we're talking like fully bit beginner, you know, like that's where you need to start. I was just talking to someone the other day who's just, that's a very common thing, right? When you start running, <clears throat> people get so frustrated because they can't run a mile without getting exhausted. And it's like, no, this is normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, It just takes a little bit of time. You're going to be amazed if you just allow yourself to include those walk breaks. Don't like go for broke until you have to walk, you know, like let's plan this out. So I would say, I think we kind of started there. He made gains really quickly. And I mean, I told him, if you just kind of stick to the plan, be consistent, you're going to be running in no time. Um, And then, yeah, we need to keep that easy pace and we need to keep that, whatever that is for you in particular, if that does include walking walk breaks for whoever you are, like that's where you have to be. That's where you are right now. And if you're returning to running after a really long period of time, same thing. It's really humbling because you're not going to be where you at, were at before. Like, it's probably going to come pretty quickly, but you've got to, you know, let that ego go and just, just be there. So I would say just, just, um, at that point in time, and we never, I think he, he maybe. and I know you asked me just to talk about <laughs> in general, but, um, I think if someone's kind of thinking about a marathon, I think he and I talked a lot, a little bit about that, it was never any timeline. It was like, okay, marathons in the future, but that's not, we're not there yet. Like we're focusing on short races right now. Let's just get some race atmosphere under your belt, you know? And yeah, that's basically where, where that started. Just getting excited about running, like loving running because And that this is what I've talked to people about who have want to jump to the marathon and skip these other races. And it's like you said, it's like this, I don't know what you called it unicorn or whatever. Um, and I think people think that about the half marathon too, like almost like a 5k isn't challenging. I'm like, Oh no, it's extremely challenging. (laughs) Like if you, you know, train and race it, right. Like it's very challenging. So, but I think it just comes back to, I don't want to push you into a marathon and then you hate your experience and never want to do it again. Like I want you to love running and want to do it for a really, really long time. And yeah, for someone like me who ran a marathon two times and had a bad experience and quit for 10 years, like that speaks volumes that, you know, you don't want to put yourself in that situation. So yeah, just, just if I if I have my druthers, it's like, yeah, you're doing lots and lots of easy running. And to some people, that sounds amazing. Other people want to have that hard effort um, in there. And, and honestly, if if they want that, and I'm like, okay, let's talk about that. If you want to have one hard effort a week, if you want to do Orange Theory, I want you to love what you're doing. So let's talk about how we can fit that in and still have you have... Great training. How can we still have this, you know, 80-20 split? So I think you hear a lot about, oh, well, beginner runners should not be doing speed work yet. It's like, okay, but what I ask my runners a lot, what do you what do you like to do? Where, where do you what do you get excited about? So um, because if you're not getting excited to get up and run every day, then and you know, honestly, are we all excited every day? No, but like, you know what I mean? Just you want to look forward to it. Otherwise, you're not gonna stick with it. So, what's gonna help you stick with it? Um So, yeah, I mean, we're basically this person, I, and and this, if we have an imaginary person, you know, it's August now, like he's running half marathons, someone's running half marathons because that's what he wants to do. He, he built up his volume very slowly over time, three days a week, up to four days a week. I think he's at five days a week now. Um, yeah, I mean, that I, that's essentially what I would do. I don't know if you asked me about marathons specifically, but, um, yeah. I just think it, it takes time. There's no reason to rush into that race. If it's something that really excites you and you want to do it, then you need to give yourself enough weeks. <laughs> That's a lot of weeks, right? And I'm a big proponent of longer training cycles, just because I don't think people come in with a great base a lot of the time.
0: I also like to delay people's marathon debut as long as possible. I think in general, people want to rush to it too quickly. Yeah. And you know, if you're someone who ran through high school and maybe ran through college, you've been running long enough and you've competed in these shorter events where, yeah, in your twenties, you can probably go and do half marathons and marathons pretty quickly. But if you're someone like me who never really did sports when I was younger, and literally, the first running event I ever did was a 50K ultra marathon. <laughs> um, looking back at that, it just doesn't really make sense. There's so many good reasons to start off with shorter distances and move your way up. Uh, you know, just for example, when you run faster and run shorter, you typically run with better form. You're able to develop a form that's going to allow you to run more efficiently, more powerfully. You're going to be able to get faster, quicker. And then when you're ready to move up in distance, you've already built the speed that you need to do it. So one thing that I always really try to encourage my runners to do personally is let's say you want to run a marathon and most people have some time goals I really, really want you to be able to do the shorter distances first, where if we were to plug them into a calculator, like we were saying earlier, it it projects out to a sufficiently fast enough marathon time that you'd be happy with. Now, generally, just because a calculator says based on a 5K or a 10K, maybe even a half marathon that you can run a certain marathon time. That doesn't usually mean you can actually run that marathon time.
1: Especially for your first one.
0: <laughs> Especially for your first one. Yeah. Um, just me in particular. I like those from, for every, um How do you want to say this? Not everyone is going to be equally good at every event. Yeah. Um, for example, I have found just through my own personal running I think I'm best at the distances from like 5K to, let's say, half marathon. Um, The times that calculators project based on those race distances for me are generally exceptionally fast for shorter things like the mile. I struggle to run a fast mile. And they're generally very fast for the marathon. Um, I've had calculators projecting I can break 240 in the marathon for a long time. Uh, and I've never been able to break. My fastest is two fifty three, and I've my PRs have become like one or two minute at a time. So the marathon um, physically is something that yeah, those calculators have struggled to project well for me. But at least I know from let's say ten k or half marathon that I could go. I, I have the speed and strength to go the distance, or at least try to go the distance. But if, you know, say your goal is to run four hours in the marathon, unless you've, you've proven in like the half marathon that you're even capable of going that fast, um, you're just coming at it from the wrong direction. Yeah. I, I think that for most people, the marathon is more like an ultra marathon than it is like something shorter, even a half, a half is not Agreed. anything like, a marathon. I mean, I
1: haven't run an ultra, but <laughs> But yeah, people, you know, I I think, yeah, it's a, it's a hard conversation to have at times as a coach. Like I said, dude, like you, you, you want to believe in your runners and I do. And, and I'm usually at the, yep, you're, we're going to get you there eventually if you are willing to put in the work. But um, yeah, like you said, just because the calculator says it. And if you're not even at the half marathon time, you know, it's going to be going to be tough. and yeah, it's just, it's the reality of having the volume, right. That you need, um, the volume that you need in training. And when your body isn't acclimated to be doing that kind of mileage yet, you can't force it. So,
0: yeah. And I think that the faster you can get first before you go to the marathon, the easier just training for the marathon and racing the marathon is going to be, uh, for One person can go out and run 20 miles in just over two hours. Another person, it might take them three and a half or four hours to run 20 miles. So saying my 20 miler is equal to your 20 miler or whatever, it's not the same thing by any stretch. Um, And kind of with that in mind, I'd love to sort of segue this into, let's talk a bit about, you know projected finish time. Let's say you are going to do a marathon. Let's say it's, it's the summer right now. You're doing a late fall race. So I have some athletes doing Philadelphia. It's not until November. So they're kind of just getting started right now. Um, some of the, those athletes I'm coaching, they're pretty different pace, pace ranges. One of them hasn't broke four yet. And another athlete, um, is probably in the mid threes how do you approach the training differently for your athletes kind of depending on what their projected finish time might be? And, and is it so much the finish time or is it more kind of the experience that they personally have or like, what are they trying to get out of their training? Do you have any thoughts on that, Jane?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm glad you asked me that because I have one runner in particular. In fact, she's very much expressed. Maybe I've had, I have a couple that, they're kind of on track for maybe more around a five-hour marathon just under something like that. And their their concerns are very valid in the fact of just like you said, like if if they whether it's their long run or just even midweek runs, they're they're trying to navigate around work and family, right? Their their third most important thing is they're running and they're trying to to fit that in. Um it does take more time out of your day. If you're someone who is on on track for that pace of a marathon, if your easy pace is 13 minute miles, right? It's just, it, that's the truth. So, and, you know, they kind of come from this angle. Like, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to run a five-hour marathon. I want it to be faster. And I, I want to be faster too, but like, I fully get what they're saying in terms of it's very the amount of time that it just takes them and i it's the same as anyone else though right like you have to to put in the work and be consistent and take the time to 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 get to the point where your easy pace is faster and it kind of goes back to what you're saying of and i've had these conversations maybe after this cycle we go back to the 5k 10k let's let's spend some time there and i try to get them to Have them understand that 5Ks and 10Ks half marathons are just as valuable as the marathon. Like there's nothing wrong with taking a step back and spending time on those races and yes, building up your speed to the point where next, when you're ready for your marathon training cycle, whenever that is, whenever we decide together that is, Your easy pace is faster and you're already projected to run this faster marathon. And you're at a point where, like you you said, for you, because everyone has different goals and is unique, a marathon time that you're going to be happy with, right? Maybe it isn't your potential yet, you know, years down the road, but like you're going to, whatever that time is for that person. If it's not five hours, what is it? Is it? 4.30. Four thirty, um, then we work on that. So I, I, I think having that conversation in terms of, you know, their training, if if, if that is the mar- if we're in the marathon, because yeah, people come to me and they've already have this marathon, it's already booked, right? Like, no, I need, you. I'm coach, I'm hiring you to train me for this marathon. So yes, we're we're gonna do that. We're gonna do the best we can with that. And if we continue on after that you know, what are we going to, how are we going to pivot? But I think it goes back to maybe they're not doing a 20 mile training run. Maybe we cap it at a certain amount of time. And for me, you know, with Jack Daniels saying he would cap it at, I'm going to get this wrong, but what it's like three hours or something, right? McMillan, he says he'll let them go up to like four hours. And so it's And, and I think when Daniel's a lot of who he talks about, he's talking about some really fast runners. Sometimes I don't know. I don't know that he's always speaking to everyday runners like you and me. I mean, and so I think that that's, that's hard. You've got to, you want to get them as prepared as they possibly can be without going over that edge and keeping them on their feet too long to where an injury can occur or just the amount of time that it's taking out of their day. So I think a lot of times it doesn't necessarily come down to if we're talking about someone more in that four and a half, five hour range, it doesn't necessarily come down to we're definitely capping this at three hours, no matter what. It's like, what's are you? Have you been injured in the past or are you a pretty durable runner? How old are you? Um, you know, what else does the mileage look like that you're doing during the rest of the week? What did your mileage look like in your last training cycle? So yeah. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's definitely unique, but I think there are more considerations for not having the person be on their feet. So, so long, right. As whereas someone that's sub three and a half, three hours, like that's less, less of a concern.
0: Yeah. On the, on the topic of, of long runs, like I've long been a proponent of keeping your long run shorter, like under that two and a half rarely going up to three hours range because I think long-term it will make you a better athlete if you keep them shorter. But what I've come to realize is like your confidence is such a big key when it comes to feeling prepared for a marathon. And I've had so many people challenge the idea that I've only tried to offer them like a 16 mile or an 18 mile long run, uh, as their longest. Um, and though, you know, maybe from a physiological training perspective, I think for certain types of runners, they don't necessarily want to go beyond that. I've this season, something I've started doing is just giving people longer ones, because I think, you know, going an extra 20 or 30 minutes, honestly, I don't think it's really going to change the outcome of how their marathon goes, whether they do a 16 or an 18 or 20, but I think they're going to feel more prepared if they had at least covered that distance in training. And after the fact, you know, whether their marathon, if their marathon goes well, right, they're probably going to say, good thing I did that 20 mile long run. But if their marathon goes poorly, at least they then can't say, oh, well,
1: you didn't, (laughs) I
0: I, I didn't do a 20 mile (laughs) long run, which, um, uh, you know, so this is a mishmash between how I think people think about their running versus how it actually physically works, but the two are so tied together. And if you don't get to the starting line, like fully confident that you can do it, it's not going to happen. So there's that. Another thing that I've been developing with my own coaching past season or two is the different types of workouts that I give people depending on their marathon projected pace, as well as some of their goals. So I think that For someone who's really motivated by a certain time, one of the best workouts for them can be marathon paced runs. I know when I was training to BQ, I would do a lot of long runs. I would typically alternate every other week between just a easy long run and then like a marathon pace long run. You know, maybe I was doing eight miles, 10 miles. I think I even did 14 or 16 miles at marathon pace before I first BQ'd. And those were really, really hard runs but they gave me a lot of confidence for runners who want to really be I think that's one of the most powerful runs that they can do just from a perspective of feeling ready and feeling prepared for runners who aren't necessarily concerned though, about their specific time. And maybe just want to get fitter. I've, I don't necessarily want to give them those runs as much. And two things that I've, I've kind of learned If you're a if you're a runner on like the faster end of the spectrum, and I think for most adults, this would be like under 330 in the marathon, who I'm who I'm talking about. Um, or under three if you're a man potentially, um marathon pace gets harder and harder to run in training the faster that you get. What I find that is that like giving people marathon-paced workouts when they're maybe running four hours or or Longer than that, it's a lot easier for them to do than someone who's trying to run marathon pace at a finish time of like 330 or under. Um, I've certainly found that now that I've been running under three hours in the marathon, like it's pretty hard to run marathon pace. There's a number of reasons for that, but it's a relatively higher intensity level. You're more fatigued probably from doing higher mileage, so it's harder to hit the pace. Something that for these faster runners, rather than having them do so much marathon specific pace, I'm actually doing a lot more like gray zone training, (laughs) just like going out and running like subjectively hard, uh, on long runs, for example, or doing more effort, like more effort-based training.
1: But when you say subjectively hard, like RPE, like just kind of how, how they, yeah, how they feel. So
0: like going out and doing a long run, For example, like I don't personally, I don't really do marathon pace long runs anymore because they kind of stress me out and I find them really, really hard to do, but
1: you don't do them. You prescribe them still uh, for
0: some athletes. Yeah. But for me, for I have one athlete, Sammy, he's broken three in the marathon. He's trying to get faster. I often now will give him runs that are just like, go out and run 18 miles at a pretty hard effort and that's probably going to be close to marathon pace but not quite marathon pace. So, you know, let's say his his pace is like 6 minutes per mile, which is very fast. That's going to be hard for him, especially now in the summer to to maintain. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, but if he can run like 630, 640, 620, that feels a lot easier but you still get like maybe 95% of the intensity of marathon pace. I feel like if you do that kind of work and, and you're, and you're combining that with like such a large volume of running that typically these faster runners are doing, you can build a lot of fitness that way. And then after you taper and that weight is released from you, you can kind of like only then feel like you can really go the full 26 miles at race pace. And then on the flip side for, for runners who really don't struggle to run marathon pace at all, I typically try to give them faster workouts because I want to encourage them to, to get faster. So we'll do more things like tempo running, um, making sure they're doing a lot of like 5k, 10k running as part of the training, making sure they're doing strides regularly as well. And, and these are all things that I would do with with runners on the faster end of the spectrum as well, but I put, try to put more of the emphasis, uh, on the faster running
1: to get uncomfortable, to get yeah. them
0: comfortable and get them, get and move that pace forward, because I don't yeah. want to keep my runners in like the, you know, generally people who are in maybe the four hour range or beyond that, they want to get a lot quicker. So having them do more fast stuff, I think can more quickly get them there. Um, but you got to keep it in balance and it's, it's taken me a while to like figure out what that, how that works for me.
1: Yeah. I I like that your idea of doing some of the effort based in, in the long run, as opposed to, because yeah, I I'm similar to you in that depending more on, yeah, just, just the level of the runner, not necessarily the pace, um, just how experienced they are, right. Is if they're experienced similar to what you're saying you used to do every other week, maybe. And I, I don't do that at the beginning of a training cycle but as we get to the middle to the end then I start doing something like that. And I feel like there is guilt involved if the person can't hit their marathon pace and in my, in myself like it I agree with you like and I'm, you know, around a 3:30 marathoner but it's, it's hard to hit marathon pace in those really long runs. And especially when you get to the last set, if you're maybe doing three sets of something, um, yeah. Trying to maintain it last set. And I, I, when runners tell that to me, you know, I'm frustrated. I wasn't able to hit the pace in that last set, you know, okay. So we, we talk a little bit about, okay, well, next time you do this, maybe we need to back off, you know, maybe it's marathon pace plus 10 seconds in your first set you know, or, uh, and then we, so that you can hit it on the last set, but let's also talk about was the effort there was, you know, is it going to translate to race day? Um, did you work hard? Did you do your best? Like then, then those, those things matter as well. So we'll have a lot of conversation about that. So I I think, I mean, I do a lot of effort based running anyway with my runners. So I, I like, I like that approach. So it might be something, something I try, especially depending on, on the person and how they operate um, mentally. Cause that is just, yeah, a huge, huge thing, right? I completely agree with you in terms of the confidence builder. The person wants a twenty miler. Um, if it's and honestly, like that's I that's how I am too. And it's twenty miles is so arbitrary. It's just this round number, <laughs> uh, like whoever decided that was the number you needed to get to to be a good marathon or make it to the end or whatever. But uh, you know, if that's what it's going to take for someone to feel confident and nothing has shown that they're going to break doing 20 miles, then yeah, let's do 20 miles. You know, let's throw one in there, you know, three weeks out from the marathon. We're not going to do a bunch of them, you know, but then I also Chris, so I was in the podcast training group with Chris McClung. Um, that's the third time I've now mentioned his name, but, um, he, so he was my coach, not just like one-on-one, but yeah, he gave us five 20 milers. So there's definitely, and this was not because it was a group training um program, it wasn't unique to each individual's pace. And so yeah, there's absolutely very different approaches and methodologies, and not one way to get there. Um, but that I think is the beauty of one-on-one coaching, right? I mean, when you get to work with someone that closely. You get the unique training that's built just for you, your background, who you are as an individual, what you enjoy doing, what you don't like doing, what your goals are, how old you are, all those things. I mean, that's that's the beauty of it, right?
0: Totally is. And the more you're open to being coached, I think the better you get out of it Absolutely. as well, right? Like the more willing you are to try new things, the more willing you're you are to hear the things that maybe you <laughs> you don't want to be told, but you know you should be doing, the better. I what I've always found is that the people who come come to me for coaching who are like the most willing to just follow the strategy and, and work with me as they have concerns that come up and um tr- over time grow to kind of trust the process that they're on. the the more successful that they ultimately end up being, um, because you can't, you can't rush fitness and the, but the, like you were, like we were saying earlier, the more, the most consistent, as you're more consistent from year after year and a season builds from season to season to season, your fitness will grow. And if you kind of have the clear, clear focus that you and a coach have helped develop, that's kind of unique for you and what your path is, um, you know, as long as you stay, stay healthy and you love what you're doing and you, and you keep getting out there day after day after day, like you, I haven't found any athlete yet who, who doesn't improve by doing those things. Um, so we're, we're coming to the end of our hour here, so we'll wrap up, but I think we touched on a lot of great topics, you know, about if you're coming to the marathon for the first time, whether you're a brand new runner And you're going to take a few years to get to the marathon, you know, what path you might want to take, or if you've just already signed up and you're like, all right, I'm doing a marathon in six months. And this is who I am. Like how you approach that race may be very, very different than how somebody else approaches it. But as long as it's the right approach for you, there's many different ways to get there.
1: Yeah. And I would say like. Chances are, if, if you're not, and if you're not hiring a coach for first marathon, that's very normal. Um, if But you're going to have to pick a plan, right? And chances are, it's not going to be the perfect plan for you because this is your first chance shot at it. But research, find a plan that you think is good for you. And then I always say, just stick with it. Just do it. Like, don't start changing it. Don't decide three weeks in that you need to do something different. Like, just Do the plan, put it in action, and chances are you're going to have a really good experience for your first marathon and want to keep doing it again and again.
0: Totally, totally. I think if you can follow a plan and not deviate from it, and nothing goes wrong, like that's the best case scenario. Yeah. I mean, I know the people who, honestly, some of the easiest people who I coach who see the most success are are the people who I'm almost most hands off on because it's like. They do the training, they stay healthy, they stay happy, they ask questions when they have them, but for mm-hmm. the most part, you know, they just they just do the work quietly work. and then the and then the results come. Yep. Keep um, showing
1: up. That's what I tell people. It's not it's not rocket science. Yeah. And slow down. Keep showing yeah. up and slow down.
0: <laughs> Patience is very important, both in yeah. timeline and how you use your energy. Yeah. Thank you, Jane, so much for coming on the Night and Runs podcast. I'd like to give you an opportunity to plug where people can find you and if you have anything exciting you're working on for the second half of this year that maybe you want to share um where can people learn more about you
1: yeah thank you chris i appreciate it um so my youtube channel is running with jane and try to post one one video every one to two weeks so check me out there it's it's mostly based around marathon training but is is geared towards just running in general a lot of the time so definitely check that out my website is readysetmarathon.com again lots of blog, blog articles just related to running in general as well, as well as marathon training and yeah i just actually um quit my last contract writing job as a freelance writer and taking this coaching thing and blogging youtube full time so i'm i'm here here for coaching reach out and yeah that's that's me in a nutshell
0: that's so exciting, Jane. you got so many cool projects you're working on. Um, personally, I'm so happy that you took the leap into doing coaching full-time. I'm coming up, I think, on a year and a half of leaving my old corporate job to do this. And honestly, it's the best decision I've ever made Thank for you. my own working life. And I know yeah. you're going to be so successful. The testament is is evident in the athletes who you work with and the people who you help. You have a great YouTube channel tons of followers just shows how good of a teacher that you are and what great content you put out there so please do check it out i'm going to have links in the show notes for all these things so you can reach out to jane do subscribe to her youtube channel and if you're interested in potentially working with her or having conversation with her reach out
1: thank you so much for having me it was it was an awesome conversation i love love learning from other coaches and You guys all have so much knowledge to share, so it's always appreciated.
0: Yeah, well, thanks for coming on, and we'll talk soon. All right, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed today's episode, here are three ways that you can take your running a little bit further and improve. Number one, be sure to go to my website and download a free digital copy of my book, Run Faster Marathons, The Proven Path to PR. Just go to nightandruns.com and click the button that says free book download and I'll send you a copy of that book. You can also get a paperback and Kindle copy on Amazon if you prefer. And number two, If you'd like a training plan based on some of the concepts that we talked about today and would like a little bit of support for your training along the way, check out the Night and Runs training group on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash nightandruns, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Helps the show, and you're going to get great support for your training. Number three, if you'd like one-on-one personal support, and coaching from me. I do have a couple of spots open if it's the right fit between you and me as athlete and coach. You can learn about the one-on-one coaching that I offer and join the Night and Lions by going to nightandruns.com/slash coaching. One quick ask of you is if you enjoyed today's episode and learned anything, I'd love it if you would leave a review on your platform player choice and be sure that you're subscribed to the show that way you don't miss an episode doing those two things really helps with having the show be shared to others who might benefit from it so i really appreciate it a lot until next time thanks for listening and i hope you have a great week of running ahead bye